1: And good afternoon and welcome to our first installment of Tiger Game Day on tailgate, uh, at LSU tailgate show here on WWR radio where today the LSU Tigers look to rebound from a week one loss to Wisconsin as they entertain Jacksonville State along with T-Bob Hebert, I'm Deke Bellavere. We'll take a look at the Jacksonville State Gamecocks who come in here with 13 Division One players that were transfers at Division One institutions uh, a year ago. Uh, they come in here with uh, pretty good credentials, to say the least. Going all the way to the FCS championship game last year, losing to North Dakota State Power. Uh, the Power has won four straight. FCS championships, and uh, they almost beat Auburn, should have beat Auburn last year, losing in overtime on the plane, so they are familiar with playing a big dog. We'll also get back to T-Bob's thoughts on what transpired in week one and how week one was not just marred by LSU's poor play on offense, but also to add insult to injury. You saw Florida State, you saw Texas, and you saw Alabama all use freshman quarterbacks and all look pretty good In their first games and LSU with a junior quarterback struggling to say the very least the story of college football as of right now though is going on at in Athens, Georgia at Sanford Stadium with about two minutes left. Nickel State is trailing Georgia 26 to 24. But uh, Nichols is uh, let's see. Georgia now has looks uh, like it's third down. and yeah. four. Oh, well, I think uh, Georgia just picked up a first down, yep. so they're basically trying to run That's the clock be out. Game. But uh, let me tell you something, T. Bob, Coach Tim Rebart, yeah. I saw him last year against Southeast, and you could tell uh, they weren't a typical four, three, four win team. He's turned things around. This is a big performance. Southern went there last year and played really well in the first half, but Nichols State has the, done a good job. They they've done nothing but but really helped their cause and their program.
2: Yes, my so my little brother went to Nichols. Um, unfortunately, it was during some ye- the last few years that years they've years. been That's very right. very poor. For so so I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Deacon. This. When I saw the halftime score, you just assume that by the end of the half it's gonna be a runaway. Georgia yeah, takes over. Yeah, start taking. For over. them to keep it at twenty six twenty four. No, a, fluke? Uh-uh. No, that is a program on the rise. And when you look, LSU's offense scored seven points to get to Wisconsin defense yeah. last week. You have, yeah. I don't know if these were if any of this came from the defense, but Nichols putting up twenty-four on an yep. SEC defense. Yep. Uh does Nichols have a more creative offense than the tigers <laughs> uh, yeah i
1: would i would think that's if If you're asking me to put my own money on it right now t bob i would say yeah that's a safe bet for sure Two six zero one eight seventy 1870 is the number to get involved you can text us at 870-870 a lot to get to coming up on today's program but first we'll lead things off we call this our boot report getting you caught up with state college football today and here's jordan Fiegel.
3: good afternoon college football fans here's what's going on with teams from around the state i'm jordan Fiegel, and this is the boot report Northwestern State kicked things off for the boot on Thursday night. The Demons lost a close one to Incarnate Word 21-18. Northwestern State got into Cardinal territory in the waning seconds, but couldn't quite get into range for a chance to try the game-tying field goal. Nichols State got the action started this morning against the number 9 Georgia Bulldogs. The Colonels were off last week, so this was their season opener. They'll have their home opener against Incarnate Word next weekend. In the day's first boot on boot contest, Louisiana Lafayette hosts McNeese State. The Raging Cajuns got crushed last Saturday at home by Boise State 45 to 10. The lopsided score led head coach Mark Hudspeth to fire his defensive coordinator. Despite the difference in divisions, Coach Hudspeth knows McNeese is a quality team.
4: But They've got a lot of tradition there. They've always had a, an outstanding program. And uh, I think uh, Lance is definitely even added to that uh, this year, he'll, he'll do a great job leading to that team, and, and they're off to a, to a great start, so it'll be quite a challenge.
3: The McNeese State Cowboys were one of two Louisiana teams to start the year with a win, dropping Tarleton State 33-3. Despite the win, the Cowboys dropped one spot in the FCS coaches' poll to number 10 after getting leapfrogged. McNeese hopes to retain the Cajun crown in their matchup against the Raging Cajuns. The Cowboys hold an edge in the series and beat ULL the last time the two played back in 2007. ULM heads over to Norman this evening to take on the number 10 Oklahoma Sooners. The Warhawks were the other team from Louisiana to win on opening weekend, beating the Southern Jaguars. Quarterback Garrett Smith was electrifying, passing for over 200 yards and two touchdowns while rushing for another 150 and one score. For this weekend's second boot-on-boot matchup, Southern hits the road for New Orleans for a night game against Tulane. The Jags hung with ULM for a half last Saturday before the Warhawks pulled away, but it was an encouraging performance. Head coach Dawson Odoms knows his team can improve. You know, we still
5: got to get better, and I think we will get better, and we got a difficult opponent coming
4: up uh, in Tulane, so it don't get easier, but it gives us an opportunity to prepare and
5: get ready to go, go face a...
3: Uh, Tulane nearly opened with an upset over Wake Forest, but the Green Wave continued last season's offensive woes and could not find the end zone. New head coach Willie Fritz's run-heavy offense did show promise, with Tulane outgaining the Demon Deacons and dominating the time of possession. It's a dog-eat-dog kind of world as the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs host the South Carolina State Bulldogs in their home opener. Tech lost a heartbreaker to Arkansas last week, nearly pulling off the upset. La Tech should have an easier time against the South Carolina State team that failed to score last Saturday. The Lions of Southeastern go west seeking a win against the number 22 Southern Utah Thunderbirds. It's the Lions' second straight road game against a ranked opponent after getting tamed by the Oklahoma State Cowboys last Saturday 61-7. Coach Ron Roberts talked about today's matchup against the Thunderbirds.
0: Top 25 team in Southern Utah is a very well-coached football team. It's been in the playoffs, I guess, two out of the last three years. And, um, you know,
2: again, if we want to be a top 25 team, this is, this is definitely going to be a, a huge game for us and, and see what we can do out there versus them.
3: In a feline fight, the Grambling State Tigers head out to the desert to take on the Arizona Wildcats late tonight. The Tigers rolled all over Lynchburg last week, obliterating them 70-12 and preventing the Dragons from getting even one first down. LSU fell hard after last week's upset loss to Wisconsin, dropping from 5th to 21st in the AP poll. They'll have to rebound against the Jacksonville State squad that made it to the FCS championship last year and has a roster littered with former SEC players. The Tigers offense was anemic against the Badgers, finding the end zone only once. Brandon Harris went just 12 of 21 with two interceptions as LSU lost their first season opener under Les Miles. Coach Miles addressed the concerns surrounding Harris.
4: Yeah, I don't think his 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 play was great. You know, again, threw overthrew a couple of balls, but in the same point, I think there's some opportunity for guys to catch balls, and that's something that we can fix.
3: I'm Jordan Vigo with WWL FM and WWL.com.
1: All right, Jordan, thank you very much. When we return, Mike Scarborough of TigerBate.com gives us an update on how the recruits did last night in week two of the Louisiana high school prep football season. Also, we'll check in with the biggest matchup involving an SEC team this week. It's at the 14th-ranked TCU, the Arkansas Razorbacks, a one-point victory they had last week over Louisiana Tech. And we'll check in also with Mississippi State, who had a one-point loss to South Alabama last week at Scott Field Davis Way Stadium in Starkville they are in Death Valley next week he's T by Bay Bear I'm Deke counting you down to LSU and Jacksonville State a 6:36 kickoff tonight right here on WWL and welcome back he is T by Bay Bear I'm Deke Bellabere. counting you down to LSU and Jacksonville State joining us now at TigerBait.com is Mike Scarborough Mike a big night in high school football last night a lot of recruits first of all take us through what does a loss like last week do to recruiting does it do anything
5: uh, it's, it's a little early. I, I think it's, if, if things start to go the way that they might uh, and you really start it start looks, looking like there could possibly be a change, that's when that within, that when recruits start to get affected and start to wonder how are, how are things going to play out and whether they want to take uh, visits elsewhere. But um, even if that's the case, uh, you know, when schools make a change, usually their in-state players stay put Um, but you know, there's still some storylines about to be played out, but it it certainly gives them pause, but it's too early uh, for kids to start to say, you know what, uh, this, this doesn't look like it's heading in the right direction and I'm gonna look around. I think it's going to take another loss or two for that to happen.
1: Uh, Mike, uh, with LSU's a- a, you know, woes in the passing game, but uh, one of the, the the top remaining prospects in the nation here in Louisiana and Amy, a guy like Devonta Smith, where does LSU stand with him? He went off last night. This may be one of the best, if not the best, Amy team that they've had, and that's strong for a program that's been that rich in tradition, but he's highly touted, the quarterback Walker's highly touted, but from a receiver standpoint, a lot of people call us and want to know because of the lack of passing and the receivers, is that position one that might be affected the most, especially with the recent transfers?
5: Well, you know, it was a deal where he's had an offer for quite some time, Uh, and then all of a sudden LSU during the summer loaded up at wide receiver, and it certainly looks like when they took three and all of them very highly thought of, Uh, that LSU had decided that uh, either Smith was heading out of state um, and and they weren't going to wait around. Um, It looks like it's been looking like Alabama or Miami for him for for a while, but certainly a heck of a talent, one of the top prospects in the state for this year. Um, You know, I don't know what he's weighing now, but he was hovering around 165 for quite a while, Um, whereas LSU, the trend at LSU is to go for, you know, guys, six foot three and up. The last uh, recruiting uh, several recruiting years.
2: Talking to Mike Scarborough, publisher and recruiting analyst for TigerBait.com. and uh, Mike, to bring it back to tonight's game. Uh, my question to you, because you've been, you know, you you've been doing this a long time now, and have you ever have you ever seen, or, or, or do you expect a particularly hostile environment tonight? I mean, when, when I think about this fan base, it seems like they're in a tenuous mindset at best in your time covering this team have you ever seen a home game and really against not even a very good team or a lesser team that maybe holds such large
5: implications you know you just get the feeling that there's two straight runs and then a third down passing situation (laughs) to start start the game and then it's a a, and then that's if it's unsuccessful the and, and a punter comes out that the bluebirds might come out immediately and um, you know, or if it's a halftime situation where Jacksonville State is, is uh, either got a lead or has kept it close, or it's tied, or the the offense hasn't done much of anything, uh, then you know the team exits the field and and, and the boos are there. But um, you know, <laughs> you, you're, you've got a fan base. You're right. That's that's not very happy, and they're going to pounce if things go the way uh, things went with Georgia and Nichols State today.
2: And, uh, Mike, when you look at tonight, I've I've, I've kind of been painting it as almost a no-win situation for LSU, but is there an avenue where they maybe ease some of the fan base's uh, anxieties?
5: Like, what would they need to do? It's a waiting game. You're waiting for another very good opponent, whether it's Auburn. You know, if you can – uh, be, you know, stay, remain undefeated uh, before heading to Auburn and, and, and beat Auburn, uh, then, then people, you know, give you a little bit of breathing room. But even yeah. then, you know, you're, you're looking at a trip to Gainesville, uh, you know, old Miss it, uh, the third weekend of October. Um, people are just waiting for that second or third loss for the other shoe to drop oh, to say, wow. okay. Uh, now what do you do? It, it's, it's a waiting Second game. And, you know, love. if LSU had a game that. this weekend against a, good, a very good SEC opponent, um, you know, it, then you'd have that barometer that you're looking for. But now, now you're – because of the, the way the schedule's fallen, it's kind of – you know, you're going to go by here several weeks for the next step as far as to where this thing
1: goes. Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com, one of the top writers uh, in the game or most respected in this area without question, senior writer Brian Lazar joined us later in the program. Mike, let everybody know what's up on the site. I saw a lot of good video from last night, some big prep games and some big prep stars still undecided.
5: Yeah, uh, go to TigerBait.com. We've got it all for you. Uh, we, we've really been dropping a lot of information on our Tiger Den Premium message board. Uh, our all-day chats on Wednesday are loaded with football uh, discussion and recruiting information. Uh, coaches were out last night in, in full force, uh, out recruiting. Uh, Ed Orgeron was at Notre Dame and Brobridge. Uh, Damian Craig was at Landry Walker and Carr. Um, uh, both Miles and Cam Cam were at the Cavalic game to see their kids and, of course, to see uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Raymond was at Scott, uh, Scotlandville to see Kelvin Joseph, who's uh, you know, one of the top uh, defensive backs in the country for next year, uh, Scotlandville versus St. Aug. And um, we we still got video. We're rolling out from the first two weeks of the season. So we've got it all for you at TigerBait.com.
1: Mike, does does LSU get a pass, or I guess are they kind of immune to the SEC? You go back and look in week one. The SEC had the worst completion percentage of quarterbacks conference-wide, uh, yards attempt, uh, only 21 touchdowns. They had the highest interception to TD ratio of 21 to 13 does, is LSU kind of bypass? Is that maybe the rest of the conference doesn't give them a break because they've had such an issue at quarterback for so long? Or do they look at this and say, look, it's just a down year for quarterbacks in the SEC? And, look, Georgia's young quarterback, many considered him, uh, probably one of the top two or three. He struggled today. And, and other than, you know, Kelly in the first half of Ole Miss, it really wasn't much to brag about other than the freshman at Alabama last week.
5: Yeah, with, with the history of LSU's offense and developing quarterbacks, Uh, they're not going to be able to use the excuse, well, look at how they're struggling also. I don't think that's going to
1: fly. Right. Now, Mike, uh, as far as moving forward in this standpoint, what does LSU do at quarterback? Will we see more than one tonight? You know, when Miles, you know,
5: plays the the semantics games and and asks, you know, what is it going to take to see Etling? And he says, well, there's several scenarios. Well, he's basically telling you, um, you know, either Harris has to be hurt or we have to be at 35 points, uh, you, know, you know, in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, it's just the way he's operated. I, to me, Harris really, really has to come out and throw a pick six and just be totally ineffective to where he's got a, a, a lopsided uh, attempt to completion ratio, uh, you know, middle of second quarter or at halftime. To really uh, to give Etling a shot, uh, I, I could be wrong, but the, everything we gather, it just seems like that it's it, there's more than just a sliver of distance between those
1: two. Mike, and there are some that, that, you know, I guess they get privy to kind of check out a little bit of, of practice, and they feel, you know, if it weren't for the factor of a little bit more experience than he has, that, you know, if this were a different situation where, like, two years ago when LSU doesn't have 18 starters back and that's so highly thought of, uh, they'd be better off playing Scott at quarterback because he's got the better future.
5: No, I agree. I'm, I've heard the same things. that um, And, look, you know, I, to me, I, I thought that that was uh, – you know you're you're filling a spot of quarterback because a lot of guys fell through. You're taking a guy who's
1: you know right. arguably
5: five, ten, five, eleven, and a lot of people will will debate uh, how tall Lindsey Scott actually was is. and um, but I'm hearing as far as effectiveness and his intelligence and arm and the things that he's able to do that uh, he he actually might be LSU's best quarterback.
1: Mike, uh, finally, let uh, give us your take, LSU-Jacksonville State, and how people can keep up with you yeah, on social I, media. Yeah, I think
5: LSU takes care of business. I don't know if it's close in the first half and they pull away in the second. Jacksonville State's got a, a very good football team. Uh, but I think LSU wins this one 35-14.
1: Mike, and how people can follow you on Twitter and other social media. at Scarborough,
5: Mike, uh, and on our Facebook at TigerBait.com. And uh, if you're a big LSU fan, give us a, a chance to look at us uh, try out a TigerBait.com subscription. I think you'll be happy.
1: All right, Mike. And, Micah, your thoughts on the Nickel State playing tough today? Man,
5: it's, uh, you know, certainly they're going to have some – they're going to be feeling their way in Athens. But uh, what a whale of a performance by Nickel State.
1: Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com. Mike, thank you very much. Hey, thank you. Talk soon. All right, let's get right, you caught right. up on uh, some scores uh, this afternoon in college football. Uh, number 22 Oklahoma State 27 to 24 over Central Michigan. Less than three left in that contest. Texas A&M taking care of business against Prairie View A&M 67 to zero. That one is in the fourth quarter. Michigan all over Central Florida 51 to 14 as the uh, Wolverines are now 2-0. and uh, In a lightning delay game in the fourth largest city in the country, it's Houston 7-6 the ranked Cougars over Lamar 0. That one is uh, delayed from the first quarter. Clemson, a 35.5-point favorite, leads Troy 13-10 in the fourth quarter. Number three, Florida State 49-8 over Charleston Southern, 8 and some change left in that one. Georgia beats Nickel State 26 to 24. The sports books had Georgia as a 55 point favorite over Nickel State, and that was no fruit today. The Colonels did play toe to toe with the Ninth-ranked Bulldogs. Akron is at number ten. Wisconsin. SMU visits number twenty-three Baylor. Nevada is at number eighteen. Notre Dame. Western Kentucky is at number one. Alabama. These are two thirty kickoffs. Tulsa is at number four. Ohio State. Number nineteen. Ole Miss entertains Walford. Number eight. Washington is entertaining Idaho. Number twenty-five. Miami takes on Florida Atlantic. Number 14, Oklahoma, entertains Louisiana Monroe. Number 11, Texas, uh, takes on UTEP this evening in Texas, and it's Arkansas number 15, TCU. Iowa State is at Iowa in the Battle of Iowa. Number 21, LSU, hosts Jacksonville State. And tonight, T-Bob, they're expecting to get about 155,000 yeah. fans at Bristol, where you could fit in two baseball stadiums in that uh, venue tonight. It's 17-ranked Tennessee and Virginia Tech. This goes all the way back to the Phil Fulmer, and Frank Beamer days, they've been planning this thing for well over 10, 12 years, and it's finally coming to fruition tonight in Bristol.
2: Yeah, and uh, they chose a good weekend because I uh, almost fell asleep when you were reading the rest of those matchups. <laughs> On the heels of the greatest weekend of college football history, matchup-wise. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, th- th- this is actually the first time since 2012 that there has not been a ranked, uh, or, or, I don't think there's any two ranked opponents playing each other uh, no. uh, today. Now, I, w- I will say this. I cannot really imagine what 150,000 people uh, looks like watching a football game. I'm incredibly intrigued to see yeah. how they uh, work out the seating at Bristol, what are the sight lines going to be like. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a college football Saturday where Tennessee and Virginia Tech is the most exciting match. May- may- maybe that Arkansas. maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, that, maybe Arkansas, that Arkansas
1: game. No doubt about it. And, boy, t pop, uh, e- easy to pick them out because of uh, what took place uh, you know, last week and this week, but what about Louisville? They're getting set, firing on all the Scored on the first play of the game last night. Their young quarterback is doing extremely well. They blow out Syracuse, and next week, here comes the Florida State Seminoles, an early showdown in the ACC. It's like what uh, Brent
2: Musburger said last week that. Uh I think he said some long lines. That Bobby Petrino, he's a really good football coach when he uh, gets off that motorcycle. (laughs) I can tell you what,
1: you know, when you go back and look, Lane Kiffin, Bobby Petrino, and obviously Jim Harbaugh, look at the last three college quarterbacks, he's coached, have all been fourth or higher in uh, quarterback rating and quarterback efficiency. These are three dynamic quarterback coaches. No
2: one is defending, I mean, look, whatever, Bobby Petrino's record speaks for itself as far as the gaffes that he's had. Uh, socially and, I mean, whatever, like leaving in the middle of the night with the Falcons. But right. in the same way, uh, his college football resume speaks for itself, and he is a damn good college football coach. And that's why Louisville took him yep. back with open arms, and now they're seeing some success. The
1: battle of the Keystone State in Pennsylvania, it's been a great one at Hinesfield. Pittsburgh leads Penn State 42-39 with a little over 440 left in that contest, honoring the 76th Pittsburgh team today with our coordinator Jackie Sherrill and Johnny Majors. And wonder how they got uh, Tony Dawson not to go to Penn State. I wonder what was offered in that package back in that day. <laughs> but anyway, that great team was out of day and putting on a great show between Pitt and Penn State. Trey Biddy of hogsports.com joined us now. Trey a scare last week, but a very good team, as Coach Bielema said. Louisiana Tech was coming off a good season. Coach, uh, Coach has done a great job over there, Coach Skip Holt. So that was not an ordinary, uh, you know, I guess you'd say opening round game. Tougher than just a regular uh, non-conference matchup. But many yeah. want to know, will we see Arkansas today, the team that has been tough in the West, that has dominated LSU and Ole Miss the last few years, or will we see an Arkansas team that was more like what we saw last week that struggled with Louisiana Tech?
0: Yeah, that was an interesting game last week. And I think part of it, you know, Arkansas coming out with a new quarterback, they've got uh, three new starting offensive linemen, which which had some trouble. I mean, physically they were good, but uh, they had a few miscues and, and it really cost Arkansas. Yeah, you're right. Skip Holtz has a pretty good Louisiana Tech team. Um, they're very well coached. They don't commit a lot of penalties. That's always a good sign of a well-coached team. Uh, physically, they're they're bigger than than most Group of Five teams. I think you'll see out there. They probably have a pretty good season. But uh, Arkansas still didn't play up to uh, to expectations um, this week. Obviously, uh, a huge challenge with TCU. I'd like to see Arkansas if they're going to pull this off stick to the ground game because when you abandon the run, which they did a little bit midway through the game last weekend, when you abandon the run for a team like Arkansas, you also abandon the play-action pass. and uh, that's, that's just kind of been a staple of this team and and, uh, and, and uh, Brett Bielma and his, his success at Arkansas. I really think it comes down to just a few things. We can talk about matchups and all this stuff, but when Bielma coach teams don't commit a lot of penalties, say three or fewer, when they don't turn the ball over, they win the turnover battle and they went and capitalized in special teams, they usually win. And you can really just look at those three categories when the game is over. If Arkansas won in those three categories, then they will have won the game, most likely.
2: Talking to Trey Biddy of hogsports.com. And, Trey, uh, last week TCU's defense, uh, I mean, normally that's what I think of when I think Hornfrog Frog struggled mightily. Uh, however, mm-hmm. Arkansas's offense, you, miss, you, you mentioned a lot of the turnover in that yeah. backfield. It was a very talented backfield these last few years. Like, what's the current state of Arkansas's offense, and do you think they can well, – what did TCU give up last week, 40-plus? Right. Do you think they can reach yeah. that 30, 40-point mark? Well, they probably
0: don't want to get it into the 40s. Um, you know, I think ideally they would probably keep it in the, the, the low 30s or 20s or, or even lower than that. Um, but <clears> – <throat> excuse me, got something in my throat, guys. Um, <laughs> no, <all> right. <laughs> got me. Um, you know, I think that I think that they possibly can. The problem with Arkansas's offense, to me, mainly, is the offensive line. They just had a few missteps here and there that were just, just glaring. They've got a, a first-year starting left guard that, that made like four errors, and they were all sacks and negative yardage plays. And when Arkansas gets behind the line, when they get behind the chains, off schedule, it really messes them up. Uh, so, they, uh, you know, they can't do that kind of stuff. They, they've got to shorten some things up. In that regard, I've heard people complain about Arkansas's defense, but they gave up 291 yards and under 200 passing yards last weekend. You know, that's it's it's not it's it's difficult for for me to say, wow, the defense is just terrible when they gave up 20 points uh, last yep. week. But the the answer to me for Arkansas, I think their defense will be very strong. They they do tend to struggle. Here's here's the misnomer: they Arkansas struggles against these types of offenses. That's not exactly correct. Arkansas struggles against these types of offenses when they have a dynamic runner at quarterback that's also a good thrower. It's, uh, it's the Chad Kellys and the Patrick Mahomes and the Dak Prescotts and the, the Nick Marshalls who may not have been a great thrower, but he threw for 2,500 yards one year because he could run so well. You know, So when they have a dynamic runner, that's when Arkansas gets in trouble. And Kenny Hill's a good runner. He's a guy that can scramble, get you first downs, buy some extra time.
4: Right. He's not
0: a guy that's just going to explode up the middle for 30, 40, 50 yards. You know? So I, I think – that may be something that, that
1: Arkansas,
0: you know, kind of works in their advantage.
1: Right. Trey, finally, let everybody know what's up on the, uh, the site and how they can keep up with the latest on the holds.
0: Yeah, that's hawgsports.com. Um, you know, where, for anybody listening out there that wants uh, in-depth, you know, past the surface, Arkansas coverage, um, come check us out. Nine ninety-nine 99 a month.
1: Trade Bitty, hogsports.com. Trey, thank you so much. Right. Enjoy TCU and DeFraud. All right. Coming back, we're checking on LSU's next opponent. Next week here is they open up SEC play. They take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs, where today Mississippi State, surprisingly, even after losing last week to South Alabama, they're an eight-point favorite over 1-0 and South Carolina. We'll get an update on the Bulldogs next here on WWL, A hub for all things information sports-wise, news and weather, is WWL.com. Our Paredi Jaguar opinion poll. Will LSU dominate Jacksonville State? Or will it be a tough matchup? You can vote at WWL.com. And speaking of tough matchup, found themselves in a surprising tough matchup as they took on South Alabama last week to lose a one-point game to the Jaguars. And today they're an eight-point favorite over South Carolina. Logan Lowry, Mississippi State, covers the Bulldogs and all the athletic programs for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. And, Logan, look, we do a segment every Thursday night. And now uh, it, you know, it's called a view from Vegas, and I'm thinking all along that man, this is a sucker bit. I mean, South Carolina plus eight, take that one. But the guy from Vegas actually likes the other side. Uh, were you surprised Mississippi State is a favorite after last week?
4: I'm surprised they were that big of a favorite. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, yeah. See, I see. I can see them, you know, being favored just a little bit, being at home this week. You know, South Carolina coming off of a, a rough year a year ago. You know, first year under Will Muschamp. But yeah, eight eight point surprise before
2: and uh logan so the, the, the usa game it kind of represented the uh the first in the post deck prescott era uh <clears throat> obviously the result not what state fans wonder what is the kind of uh what's the health of the fan base right now how are they feeling towards dan mullen and the program uh following such a disappointing season opening loss
4: uh i think you hit the nail on the head when you said disappointment i mean i think that's how everybody felt uh it was kind of a weird game last Saturday. State jumped out seventeen to nothing at halftime. The the crowd kind of left. It was a hot afternoon, yeah. and it, basically the, the the team didn't come out and play in the second half. I mean, they just kind of laid an egg in the second half, took their foot off the gas, and uh, next thing you know, South Alabama is driving down the field on them. And, and next thing you know, they've done scored three touchdowns, overcome you know that lead, and uh, State you know makes a flourishing comeback right there at the very end, it was under a minute to go. Uh, drives down the field, you know, sets up what should have been a pretty easy 28-yard field goal that clanks up off the left upright. And next thing you know, Mississippi State has lost the first game that they shouldn't have under Dan Mullen. That's the first one of those really he's lost in eight years that, you know, he he was favored in, should have won, and didn't.
1: We're with Logan Lowry, Logan covering Mississippi State today. LSU's next opponent next week in Death Valley. Logan, uh, Damien Williams. It's not like this kid didn't have an experience. He played as a true freshman when Dak was hurt in the Egg Bowl, and Dak came back in and really set up the, uh, I guess you'd say, the, the scene for such a great senior season. Uh, Damon was right there, rushing close to 100 yards, but passing and so forth. Where are they now, from a quarterback standpoint? Or is it, is it Williams? Uh, are they still kind of feeling themselves out? And now with uh, you know, South Carolina today and going on the road, I would. Imagine before that first road trip, Dan Mullen would like to be settled at quarterback. Will he be settled at quarterback?
4: I really don't know. I mean, he's he's wanted to be settled at quarterback
1: since the spring, and,
4: and I don't think anything is settled right now. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald got the start last week. He got the first two series, did not complete a pass, did not make a first down. Damian Williams comes off the bench, leads Mississippi State on four straight scoring drives, and he then he sort of cooled off in that second half. I mean, he didn't have a great day passing. He was 20 of 28. 143 yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions. He did have some success, like I said, 93 yards on the ground, but you know, he didn't really pose a, a threat vertically passing the football. Now, Damian Williams, like you said, had some experience, but he set out last year with a red shirt. He had a torn labrum, but he was a little rusty getting back into things. Nick Fitzgerald they expected better of. He only got seven snaps last week. He got uh, – Three snaps on the first two drives, and he took a snap right before halftime to take a knee, and uh, never got back in the ball game. I do think you'll see both quarterbacks again today, uh, but they've really got to get this quarterback thing settled. Like you said, got a big, two, got I think four of their next five ball games after this weekend are on the road, so they need to get this quarterback thing settled and settled in a hurry.
1: LSU's next opponent, Mississippi State, taking on South Carolina. They open up SEC play tonight in Starkville. Logan, uh, give us your take. Uh, Who's going to win this game tonight?
4: Well, I like Mississippi State's chances, you know, being here at home. I I thought State would be a little bit better than what I saw last week. And uh, they keep saying that they've uh, really intensified things in practice. I think that last week was a little bit of a wake-up call. That's what the players and coaches are saying. So uh, I'll, I'll take their word for it and see if they prove it on the field tonight.
1: Logan Lowry, cover Mississippi State for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. No, Logan, how can people follow you on social media?
4: They can find me on Twitter. It's at Logan Lowry, L-O-W-U-R-Y.
1: Logan, thank you very much. No problem. All right, T. Bob, it's a game day today. Of course, we passed the boys from the Bayou Lafont and A. Bear Corey yep. uh, and the councilman over there. They were doing their thing of tailgating, and I told him, I said, "Man, I said, you know, uh, I was expecting maybe like tuna and Vienna sausage, you know, today after, <laughs> after such a, after such a tough one last week." But they they brought out the the hard iron pot to make the jambalaya, and yeah. it's a tradition. And even on a day like today, it's game day. But T. Bob, make no bones about it, I I can't sit here and paint a picture and say like oh, it was going to be this remarkable big colossal atmosphere even if lsu had won 100 to 12 last week because it wasn't going to be that with this type of game the first one but uh, you would have been you tell dead, me though. yeah that's what i'm saying you you tell me what's your take well
2: so i i I, I, was, I was thinking about on the ride over here this morning just how how different i think the expectation for what today was going to feel like it right. was versus how in actual practice now that we're here versus how it feels like originally this game was supposed to be a, uh, a deep breath, right?
1: You yeah. You had this
2: entire offseason getting ready for this big Wisconsin game, Giant Stage, College Game Day, Lambeau Field. You were going to go up there, a challenging game, nonetheless. you were a talent of the hand, you were going to win that game. You were going to start this championship season off on the right foot, and then you were going to come home. This was going to be a chance for fans to get together, not really worry about winning or losing. It was just going to be like kind of a kickoff celebration uh, for this Tiger team. However, the, you know, the, the, the current reality could not be uh, more different than that expectation. When you look now, uh, the campus is, like you said, Neighbor, we got we got, we got got some of the I tried and true. I mean, you have true, two-year-olds
1: in the street right now. You, you got, got get some hurt.
2: of the tried and true hey uh, ha- oh, yeah. still the hanging die-hards out, here. doing the diehards are here, but it is not uh, nearly the crowd or the environment that I anticipated. And going into tonight, I wrote about this this week on WWL.com, but it's going to be an incredibly – Continuous Tiger Stadium. This is a fan base. I kind of liken their psyche to a large pane of glass, right? This is a piece of glass that has slowly but surely had weight added onto it, and there's kind of cracks starting to run, oh, yeah. spider webbing. It, it seems like a total shattering could yeah. be imminent. And, and 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 is tonight the night where that fan base finally breaks. We mentioned it if LSU comes out and struggles. People start booing. How do the fans react? Does everybody get involved? And then how do the players react right. to a stadium that well, is a you Well, I think uh, you, brought it up, you
1: brought it up earlier. The thing is, t But what, what this program can ill afford to have is that, like, okay, last week it started. So this week you're talking about 12 games in a regular season. You put the, the A&M game on that. You can ill afford to have your last 13 of your last 14 games with the national media pelting on you and and your fan base. And it's one thing when, you know, hey, outside the family, we're a tough family. We're Teflon. We don't care about the outside. But when the inside the family starts raveling and you're going to have this faction saying this about this and these core supporters on this one, you can't go into the stadium and have disagreements. And that's the last thing that this program could take on right now. And I will say this. I don't fault the fans and I get a lot of people that called in even some analysts said you know whoever thought whatever LSU fans thought that they were expecting to see some change or their fools they bought into that I disagree because of the situation that took place and I'm not saying that fans thought that LSU was going to line up in five wides and come out and chuckle the ball 40 times last week no but they were expecting a little more creativity a little more imagination and that and the core supporters the diehard core supporters that have stood by the program and so forth even they were disgruntled last week, T-Bob. And when you get your core supporters and your people who are purple and gold, vision glasses, and they're going to yep. look at the program in a positive light, when they're frustrated, then it becomes an issue. And I think that's where they are right now.
2: Well, it's like, look, man, you expect more from experience. On the college level oh, especially, yeah. having an upper-class-laden an upper uh, class laden team, it's invaluable. And it's one of the great measuring sticks because remember, Deke, this is not the NFL. We don't get to see anything that these teams do in the offseason. We don't get to see practice. We get to look through a tiny little keyhole and try to describe what's going on in the room. Because of that, we make assumptions. And when you see 80-plus percent of all your production returning, top five in terms of returning production in the entire nation, when you see these type of numbers, well, it inspires confidence. You expect them to be great. And you're not – nobody was expecting a spread offense, but you are expecting more. And like I always talk about it, the more I do this job, the more I learn, Deke. What often decides the temperament of a fan base isn't necessarily the results themselves. It's where you fall in relation to expectations. Last week was a double whammy. The results themselves were very poor, and you fell woefully short of expectations.
1: That's T by Bay at T by 53 on Twitter. I'm Deke Bellavia at Deke Big Chief. Much more counting down to LSU and Jacksonville State tonight at 635 kickoff right here on WWL.